My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. is phoenix clouding and what a day already <laughs> uh man we should have started this 30 minutes ago but anyway uh, <laughs> uh we are of course back brandon our season three code breaking reigning champion how are you sir man i am good phoenix it is great to be back um went out of town last weekend so we uh, we had a guest talking exorcist with you uh if you haven't listened to that yet pause this go check that out uh, at the time of this recording, actually, it just released uh, as of yeah. one minute ago. So go check that out and then come back here. Uh, but yeah, how are you doing, Phoenix? Superb. And of course, we are joined once again by a very special guest. He, I've been on his show multiple times, and he has never been on mine, which he informed me, and I, I totally didn't even realize that. So I'm so happy to welcome Jason Welcome to Film Code. It has been a a, a a dream pairing for a long time. How have you been? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, I had to shame you into being on the podcast. That's a damn shame. I can't believe I, I've never had you on. That's crazy. We're 50 <laughs> minutes over start time because he almost ghosted me. <laughs> and then on top of that, um, he said, hey, I got a bunch of movies. You can talk about anyone you want. And I said, okay, here's my number one pick. And he goes, except for that one. <laughs> and I go, okay, well, I guess I got to talk about this movie. He goes, okay, that's the one you're talking about. So he gave me fake choices after <laughs> guilting him to be on that. So I feel like I'm only here so that, to assuage his guilt. I don't I don't feel like I'm wanted here or needed here in any capacity. But I'm happy, happy to Wait, be here. <laughs> which choices did he give you? Uh, I think The Exorcist, which is what I preferred to do, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this and some other movie, which I'm sure will make a great episode for you. So, you know. Well, we <laughs> are thrilled that you're here. <laughs> yeah. uh, real quick, let's get the shameless plugs out of the way, because uh, obviously I've been on your show several times. Yeah. Why don't you tell everybody about your show? Well, I am Jason from Binge Movies. I am the last manager of the last video store in the universe. If your video store has a universe, I'm not in your universe. <laughs> uh, we typically rank five films to determine which movie is most worthy of preservation for all time, even beyond the end times. And then the best movies, according to the guests, the best movies, according to me, square off at the end of each season. We have four seasons per year, four series per year, basically. And they square off quarterly uh, in a movie debate we call Last Movie Standing, which Phoenix has competed in uh, and, and tried to cheat in <laughs> and said so on the microphone. So I feel like cheating. And then it was like, I, so <laughs> that went sideways. Uh, and then our listeners and patrons, patreon.com slash binge movies, they, uh, they decide. They get the vote. And so we're trying to build a people's canon, which we call the vault. We know what AFI says. And we know what all these other you know, hoi polloi, all the ivory tower academics and film snobs and film critics have to say what the best movies of all time are. We're making our own canon devised by our listeners and our patrons. So that's basically the gist of it. And then in between there, I do a bunch of other crazy malarkey. So if you like malarkey, 
If you like bullshit, if you like craziness, if you like death matches, <laughs> and you, you like, like film analysis, <laughs> if you like gobbledygook, <laughs> death matches, film criticism, film analysis, and madness, Binge Movies is for you. Absolutely. Uh, I still have not gotten over our last episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of the most torturous things I've ever <laughs> It created so many beautiful moments, though. Oh man, I hope I hope it's a very successful episode because we it was it was a lot of fun to record, but also like hell to sit through. Sometimes oh, the man. best episodes are the ones that are hardest to get to, and I feel <laughs> that maybe that's going to be the case today. Yes, because we have been stalling on this one. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we, we are in the middle of October, which means we are talking all horror movies. And we are super thrilled that, well, I know for me, uh, this was my first time ever seeing this movie. Uh, we are talking uh, George, George, John <laughs> Carpenter's The Thing <laughs> from 19, what was it, 82? Yeah, 1982, uh, starring Kurt Russell. And, uh, oh my God. Oh, I, I love this guy. And I totally forgot his name. Keith uh, David. Keith David. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Keith David, TK, uh, Carter, uh, and a bunch I of, you, I, I see what you're doing here, Phoenix. What's that? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, <laughs> those are the days I remember. Leave me alone. Is it? Yeah. Hang on now. Is it any wonder that Phoenix did not mention the Quaker Oats man? The whitest, the <laughs> Quaker Oats is the whitest food for the whitest people, and he don't know shit about Wilbur Brimley. But he dropped TK Carter, TK Carter, <laughs> 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 is one of the top bill actors. T.K. Carter has never been a top-billed actor in anything, <laughs> even when he was one of the main characters in Saved by the Bell. The, the, he's, he, nobody even references him in relationship to Saved by the Bell. But with the thing, funny. you're like, it's Kurt Russell, yeah, it's Keith David, it's T.K. Carter, <laughs> and everybody else. And everybody else. All the other jars of mayonnaise. Completely oh, neglecting... <laughs> He completely neglected one of the biggest memes. Uh, Diabetes. Yeah, yeah. We totally left Wilford Brimley hanging. Wilford Brimley, I'm sorry. D David Clinton, Richard Dysart. These these are they're all in here. <laughs> and I'm sure they're great people. <laughs> Phoenix uh, did not Donald Moffat. I'm sorry. I, I totally forgot about Donald Moffat. My bad. <laughs> Turnabout is fair play, Phoenix. And Phoenix clearly didn't grow, grow up in an oatmeal house. <laughs> Brandon and I grew up in oatmeal houses. Look at us. Yeah. We're a couple oatmeal boys. The apple that apples and cinnamon man. Apples and cinnamon. Oh yeah. We're oatmeal oatmeal boys. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. That was great. So um, like I said, this was my first time seeing the thing. So, you know, I remembered who I remembered. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> is this <laughs> What is what is your relationship with this movie, Brad? Um, I remember who I remember. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brad. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. So my relationship with this movie, about three years ago, a friend of mine, a buddy of mine, his name is Caesar. Um, we we like regularly discorded back then, back when I had time to do things. Um, <laughs> and we were like, you know what? Let's watch a movie. And we watched the thing. We, I mean, we, uh, we watched a few movies. Uh, we watched The Platform that came out a few years ago. We watched, um, uh, what was it? 28 Days Later. Uh, also, first time watch for me. And then we stumbled upon The Thing. And that was a movie I personally have been wanting to watch for a long time. And I watched it and just, I loved it. Um, I just, I absolutely loved it so much. And like, I this is I've only been able to watch it one more time, which was last night and this morning. But um, it's easily top five horror for me. Right. I I know I'm jumping the gun here on that, but yeah, um, I yeah. So that's my relationship with this movie. Jason, what about you? Right now, I feel like timeless Jason from binge movies that I should just be silhouetted in black and white. Uh, because I feel so elderly. I feel like I'm just rolling into your podcast in a wheelchair with a blanket over my lap. Very, very old. That you, you, you got me a day pass from the old folks' home. Right. And you're like, still, come, on, still still in, come on, old man. Come on, old man. Come on this show. <laughs> and talk about these old-timey movies. And <laughs> that's what I feel like. Because you're like, both of you guys are like, yeah, I, just, I, you know, I just saw it a couple of years ago. Which there's nothing wrong with that. Because it makes total sense based on your ages. Uh, but for me, being an elderly, uh, I've seen this movie for four decades. <laughs> so um, famously, this movie did not do well, right? Like it was not right. well received at the time. It was kind of a flop. Uh, and there's a lot of different ideas of why that was. Some people say it's because of E.T. and just the general climate and the mood of the country at the time was they were not in the mood for a really fucking depressing, <laughs> dour dark goopy um monster movie so uh it didn't do well but it found its audience on home video and it found its audience in particular in cable because in here in the states the usa network ran this movie seemingly like constantly and it was the tv version which isn't anywhere near as good obviously and it's got a weird opening explanation and it's just Back when TV versions used to be like almost different versions of the movie, not just the censorship, but like they'd add stuff, you know, to fill out the right. runtime and from what they cut. And so it's it, TV version is not very good. But I was homesick from school sometime in the early 90s, back before either of you were born. And uh, it came on the USA Network. My dad took the day off to take care of me because I was sick and uh, it was just on. And uh, my dad had no sense of what was appropriate for a child to see <laughs> or not when it came to science fiction and horror movies. And so he just let me watch it. It was just like a, you know, middle of a Thursday afternoon and it was on. And I, I don't know how to explain it other than even as a kid, even as, you know, an eight year old or however old I was, as soon as I saw it, I was like, you get that gut feeling inside when you're watching a good movie. And it's just like, oh, this is good. I think, you know. I think in terms of how we talk about now, we talk about like, you know, being served like a meal, you know, that was like a whole meal. And, you know, we, we ate all of it and that sort of thing. And that's, that's what it felt like. It felt like I'm being served something masterfully made. And that's, as I've grown in my appreciation of movies and uh, I've watched at this point, thousands of movies just for this show, I would say that's how I feel about it. I think it's, um, 
you know, when John Carpenter passes, he's gonna be remembered for a lot of things. But the main thing, other than Halloween, I think he'll be remembered for uh, is the thing. I think it is his masterpiece. I think it's the best movie he's ever made, will ever make, and uh, it's a Stone Cold classic. I one hundred percent agree with that. Um, I do think I do think I would put this above the Halloween, but yeah, that's 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 just me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I'm gonna have to agree here. Um, Halloween yeah. did wonders for the slasher um, franchise, and I'm not discounting that they like Halloween did so much right and did so much to trailblaze for yeah. future films to come. But the thing I think is John Carpenter's best work. Well, he's got some money, you know, like the, the first Halloween was um, not a studio film. Not really. It, it eventually got picked up, but it was a very low budget babysitter, babysitter killer movie, right? Babysitter mm-hmm. stalker right. movie. And then he, he and his partner, Deborah Hill, who was his writing and production partner and uh, romantic partner at the time, <clears throat> kind of took it and elevated it because they were being being given an opportunity in their career to make a movie that could potentially be a big hit. And so they intentionally elevated it beyond what it needed to be to make money. So that's great. But based on that success and some other successes he had, he's now given the chance to make whatever movie he wants and he decides to make remake a thing for the thing from another world. Um and I think it's this is what's so amazing about this is he ends up kind of remaking like a Howard Hawks film to the end. We're now, you know, remakes are ubiquitous and reboots or whatever, and we mostly despise them. But I would say at this point, when you think of the thing, you don't think of the original at all. No. This movie has so surpassed the original, it is now by de- almost by default the de facto original the, film. The original. <laughs> <laughs> it's the original, the thing. And it... it that's very hard to do with a movie that had already had a legacy by the time he inherited it. And he is, he does borrow a lot of elements from it. The opening title sequence where the title burns to the screen and the, uh, so much of it is very similar. I mean, it is the plot points. It is a remake. It is a true remake, but where he takes it, what's he, what he does with it, um, is at a completely different level. And it, it is a massive disgrace that this movie didn't find its audience in 1982, but but here we are. Eventually, did. I mean, movies have a habit of not doing so well 30, 40 years ago because, like, and, and they they turn around to be cult classics. Just just look at Empire Strikes Back, uh, The Shining, um, this film. Just there's so many different films. Like I, I know I listed three, and there's so many more. I just can't think of the top of my head. Yeah, but there's so many films that weren't well received back then. Yeah, that nowadays are just masterpieces. Well, it kind of two thousand one. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder: are, are we producing? Are we making anything now? Because you know we're movie podcasters. So uh, thirty years from now, will we look back and go, "Well, geez, we we missed the boat on"? I don't oh know. yeah, oh one hundred percent. Ant Man, Quantum Will we look back and go, "Actually, yes. Quantum My you, God, what a masterpiece!" You guys will. Yes. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> you guys will. See, I, I, I'll, be uh, the, I'll be the one going. I told you so. But yes, this is actually, a conversation. Dynamic film. Black Adam turned out to be. My God, the <laughs> juxtaposition between. Yeah. This is a conversation for another time, but I think the sequel trilogy might end up on that too. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I I'm going know. down. I'm going down with the ship of 
those movies should burn in hell. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> ever? I don't know. Can you swear in this podcast? I know Brandon doesn't. Oh yes, yes, yeah, okay. yes. You so can. I, should, I try not to. I should have. Yeah. I should have. I know Brandon's a, uh, loves the Lord, but I feel <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, you know the phrase "fuck you" anyone who looks like you. That's how yeah. I feel about that sequel trilogy. Fuck you, fuck anybody who likes you, fuck anybody who knows you, and fuck anybody that looks like you. You know what's funny is Phoenix hasn't even seen the sequel trilogy yet. Fuck Not your friends yet. and fuck your family. <laughs> Phoenix has seen the main six, and that's it. Yeah. I'm six. so worried for when he reaches the rise of Skywalker because I feel like he's gonna love it. I'll, oh, okay. I'll. So now, okay. My little caveat there is. If in my brain I reject Rise of Skywalker as a Star Wars movie, but accept it as a series of 1980s Saturday morning cartoons that somebody put <laughs> together into a supercut, if it's like six weeks of Saturday morning cartoons, then I'm like, oh, this is just a live action, you know, <laughs> Saturday morning cartoon from the 80s. You're like, it doesn't make any sense. Nothing make nothing makes any sense, but it might be the best Transformers movie that's ever been made. You know, I don't. It's not a Star Wars movie, so I I I get enjoyment out of it. It's like, well, how do how do Palpatine come back? And in the movie, they're like, nobody knows. I'm like, yeah, nobody okay, knows. that's come that's out. fine. Yeah, dark magic, sure, okay, cloning, all right, whatever. I don't give a shit. By that point, it's so it's over the dirt. Who gives a shit anymore? Phoenix yeah. is not even prepared for how bad of a film I, that is. I'm looking forward to it. But anyway. I, I'm hope I'm hoping Phoenix, I, I, we're Luke going off Skywalker in one of these movies sucks a sucks a tit, squeezes a tit and drinks the milk out of it and smiles with the milk all up in his beard. He and it's not a, it's, and it's not a woman or a man. No, it's a monster, and that is. Where they're like, what? We haven't seen Luke Skywalker, the greatest yeah, protagonist look. in film history, in you, forty years. What's off. he been up to? When you start well, off, when he's out here fucking. He's out here fucking fish and drinking titty milk, and that's what he's been up to. And he's real sad. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> they're like, oh, what a Such beautiful, <laughs> yeah, what a beautiful deconstruction of. Uh, 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 modern heroism. It's a postmodern <laughs> deconstruction of the modernist hero. And that's what oh, makes it so... And in 40 years, I'm still... The, the, the phrase is already outdated. It will be even more outdated when I say this in 2060. Miss me with that bullshit. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. You ruined Luke Skywalker. You ruined his legacy. And fuck it. Fuck we have you. gone off on such a tangent. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. A Star Wars tangent is always welcome. Yeah. But... Getting back to the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, this was my first uh, time with this movie. And, you know, I'm, I'm Kurt Russell was huge in the 80s. I feel like he had all of the, like, action, uh, you know, thriller kind of roles as the lead or whatever. And always kind of like the badass who would take charge and, and, and dominate and everything. This was such an interesting uh, watch. So let mm-hmm. me talk about my first watch with this movie. Um, so I watched it last night at like one in the morning because I. You know, <laughs> and no wonder you home. slept in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. like, and and not to mention, um, this is a good this, one in the morning movie though. This is good no, at one of the not morning. to me. <laughs> oh like, yeah, <laughs> like not to me because like. It was cool. It was kind of going a little slow. I was like, I don't know what this is. What, what's uh, happening here? And then finally, they put the dog in the in the kennel with the other dog, right? Yeah. yeah. 
And just as when things started to go, like, because it's a really, the way they do it is really kind of terrifying. Because yes. you'll, see, you'll see the other dogs, they're just barking at this one dog and showing their teeth and, you know, saying, you're like, oh, man, what's their issue? And the dog looks normal. Like, yep. it, cuts, it cuts to the dog. He looks normal. Cuts the other dogs barking at him. It's fine. Cuts back to the dog. Looks normal. The other dog's still barking at him. Fine. And then when they go back to the dog again, his head is split open. And And all the other dogs are like, oh, shit, get me the hell out of here. Tentacle and goo is splurting everywhere. Yeah. Literally, literally, when that happened, that that third cut, when the monster jumps out, Something like landed on my leg at that Ooh. point. In time. So I was just like, just like, oh, ah! like <laughs> pure fear. So like one thirty in the morning, like screaming. So like, man, like I was I was unprepared for that. Like that alone, and then it got worse. Oh <laughs> somehow, yeah. Somehow got worse. Yeah. Because. I'm not a big body horror kind of guy. Like I'm oh just boy. not. Oh <laughs> boy! And again, I knew nothing about this movie. So like when wow. that happened, and it's just like the tentacles are coming out. Just, I'm like the digestive oh. enzymes and it starts like yeah, melting the dogs oh. and the fur oh. slipping out <laughs> their body and it's dragging them in to absorb them. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's just so so yeah. gross. <laughs> like like. I was unprepared for how disgusting it would be. And that continues <laughs> throughout oh, the yeah. entire movie is there's a lot of things coming out of people and like, yeah. A lot of it's fluids. Just, uh, deeply, deeply unsettling. Like, yeah. deeply unsettling. And it happens so often. So, like, for me, I get why it became a cult classic. I get why some people like it. But I gotta keep this movie at a distance, cause like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for after first watch, I'm just like, ah, keep that over there. Like it's great, great movie. Yeah, great, great, great effects, great practical yes. effects. Yeah, but disgusting. It's a disgusting <laughs> like, movie. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Let me give you another old timey reference, okay? So. We got to get some Calivey music for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the 1970s Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the one with Donald Sutherland, which is also yeah. a remake. Um, we had seen in movies before the thing and after the thing, uh, like doppelganger movies. Mm-hmm. Right where a creature kind of takes over a bo- somebody's body and, and makes a duplicate of them. I mean, even us, to some extent, is a do- is, it is a doppelganger movie. Um, it's you know four evil versions, evil in quotes versions of yourself show up at, on when you're on vacation. Um, so but we, you know, the closest thing would be that '70s invasion of the body snatchers, where you know somebody's asleep somewhere and you go in and there's like vines and tentacles and all this sort of stuff like going up and through their nose and all this sort of stuff. And then there's this pod and somebody's a copy of them is being born in this pod. Yeah. What is possible? <laughs> well, we've seen that before. What, what is happening here is, oh, God. um, 
It's not making a copy of you externally from you. It's making a DMCA. copy of you on a cellular level. Right. And so the, it raises so many interesting questions, which is, do you know that you've become a thing? When do you become the thing? Because when they catch the transformation of um, Bennings, mm -hmm. and he breaks through the window and he's running through the snow, he obviously knows he's the thing, right? Right. And they get all around him, and that that noise that comes out of his mouth, and everybody, he's like, "Hold on, it's not Bennings, it's not Bennings." And that, and then his mouth just opens, dude. And dude, it's so terrifying. It's that is some creepy shit because it's it's. <laughs> Truly otherworldly, the sound that he makes. It doesn't sound like anything I've heard in any movie ever. And then you look, it's just a subtle thing where his hand is just, it's obviously not human. It's in the process. A little T-Rex hands. Yeah, it's becoming human, you know? It's like, right. man, five more seconds and you would not have known that wasn't him, right? right. And so he obviously seems to know that the, the thing seems to be conscious. But when um, Norris has a heart attack, did he know he was a thing? Because I've watched this movie dozens of times. I never, where's the moment where Norris becomes the thing? And where's the moment where he knows he's a thing? Was the heart attack a trap for the chest bursting scene? Was it the thing? Why would it do that? Or did it, when it copied him, did it copy a heart defect or heart disease? And so right. he just wasn't a suitable, or was he just not a suitable host? And so it was in the process of yeah. copying him and his body couldn't take the transformation, but part of him had already turned. I don't know. And normally yeah. in a movie, when you, when there are no real clear answers, it kind of, I don't say clear answers, but when there's not even allusions to uh, answers, it, it, it's very bothersome, especially in modern movies, because in modern movies, going back to our Star Wars thing, not to dive into that, but when you, when a mystery box movies now, I no longer have the sense that they know the answers to the questions that they're creating. I mm. do not have a sense that, that anyone ever knew who Maz Kanata actually was or why she had Luke, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber from Cloud City. How the heck did she get it? Never answered. Nobody knows, but we put it in the movie. So there's a there there is a trust that's been broken between modern filmmakers and audiences when everything's been so franchised and sequelized that you're just creating pot potentials for spinoffs. They just they, yeah they do that because they leave so much up to interpretation. Yes. So they're like yeah so like you said the we they can go back and like hey fill in the blanks. Let's yeah. yeah. Yeah, now we can make a side movie about how did she get that lights or whatever. I don't this, I don't know if you um, I don't this know if you watched no, Yeah, this movie. I'm sorry to cut you off. This you're movie good, has good. no sense of that. There's no sense of right. like, well, we, the sense is this thing is so otherworldly. We don't understand how it works. Right. And when you think you understand how it works, oh, well, it's going to get you by tentacle. It's going to transform you like it does with, with Bennings. That's clearly not what happens to everybody right. because they have, the, they have the conversation about everybody should prepare their own foods and we should only eat from cans because all it takes is one cell. Right of this alien life form to get into your body and it will take you over. So it can get you like a monster, like you were saying, Phoenix, or it can get you imperceptibly. It's just mm -hmm. the air. It's just in the air you breathe. That's, that's kind of how it feels. Just like not everything needs explaining. That's what makes this movie so powerful. Cause by the end, are either one of them a thing 
is one it, of them that, a thing? See, that's what they what's don't what's even know. Do they know? Does the thing even know it's a thing? We don't know. It, and, that, yeah, that's the cliffhanger ending I love because yeah. it's you do you you are left up to interpretation, but you don't need a sequel. Right. Yes, you don't just need left an explanation. With, yes. Yeah, that, that's that that's the true horror. Is it's like it it kind of mind fucks you at the end. You're like, hold on a second, who right. is who? And like yeah. they even said they they even said like, oh, I say we just kind of sit here a while. See what happens. Yes. Do they freeze to death? Do they well, make the, it out? Well, I, you know, no matter what, they're so far away from civilization that they're mm-hmm. going to freeze to death. If one or both of them is the thing, they won't die. They'll just go into hibernation like the original thing that they found, like the, right. that the Norwegians found. But it, it's not a good ending. They're No matter what, they're both going to die or freeze. Mm-hmm. And if one of them is the thing, like it's, a, like the, it's such a... Kurt Russell's like, well, if one of us is the thing, there's not much either one of us could do about it. (laughs) Which is a really fucking downbeat ending, right? It's like, after all these explosions, after all this stuff, where it kind of, for a brief moment, kind of becomes an action movie, at the end, it's sort of like, well, it's futility, it's pointless. Right. And I don't know, can we handle a movie today that would just be like, nothing is really explained <laughs> um it's very gross disgusting terrifying and right. really somber and downbeat i don't know that we could film twitter would not accept it well <laughs> right uh, i mean in, in fairness audiences didn't accept it in 1982 either right but man would I, I don't think you could do this today i think you'd mm-hmm. have to be like well this is how it works and this is right, you right. know uh, i i you know, it's interesting to me. The ending didn't bother me at all. Like, oh, I love the ending. Yeah, yeah. Like the ending didn't bother me at all. Um, what I was a little bit confused by, but now that we've spoken about it, I kind of get it. I thought the paranoia happened a little bit too quickly, like where everybody's just started like blaming each other. Like, are you is is you that like, right? 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 Like, I feel like that kind of came on a little bit too quickly because it was just like. Can I I address that for a second? Yeah. So the movie does a masterful job of during the boring parts, like you're saying, (laughs) before the dog turns, right, to show us what their their life is currently like. In they are they've been isolated. They've been there a long ass time. Right, right. They've already been in this in Antarctica for a long, long ass time, to the point that you know. Palmer's errors, you know, he's smoking weed, and they've they've already seen that episode of uh, 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 oh god, I don't can't remember. It's not Price is Right, but it's the other one, the 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 door one, the game show. They've already, he's like, I've already seen this one. He takes the tape out. They've already burned through, and we also have to remember this is the eighties, right? So right. there's only so many magazines, there's only so many VHS <laughs> tapes, there's only they're not getting cable up there. There's no satellite TV. They're isolated. They're cloistered. They're a bunch of, like, some of them are scientists. Some of them are seemingly ex-military. They don't really get along to begin with. It's not like they're a group of friends or a group of people who love each other. They're there for a job. They've worn each other down. They're on each other's last nerve already. And we see, as we track through the, uh, the compound, you know, uh, TK Carter, you know, Knowles, he's blaring his music and Knowles, can you turn that music down? And he cranks it up. Like we see that these guys are at their wits end with each other and they don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. So 
a group of people who are already kind of at each other's throats, who then have some absolutely bizarre, otherworldly, terrifying body horror shit where if somebody <laughs> just looks at you the wrong way, you could turn into a monster. Have that happen in their midst. I, I think that's why they're immediately to jump because they were already against each other. Now you've introduced the the unimaginable into that circumstance, the un, the uncontrollable, and it, so it's like it's just. And I think it's what makes the movie so great is that it's yes, it's about monsters, this monster or whatever, but I think it's ultimately about it's ultimately about human beings, and it's ultimately a, it's it's kind of a whodunit. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But the 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 killer, so to speak, is always changing. It, yeah, it's just it's so well crafted in my eyes. Yeah, it's extremely well crafted. I mean, like, like I said, like that that first like the only reason I felt like that that beginning was slow is because it was one o'clock in the morning for one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like and like I I knew nothing about this movie. Right. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm like second third viewing i'll be like no this is great too but like uh i do especially love when uh uh mccready is is uh playing chess and, then <laughs> yeah. he, 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 and he just like throws his drink in the computer like, Cheating bitch. Bitch. <laughs> like right. well that's the thing he's even at odds with the fucking game computer right, right. like that, that's right. how wore out these guys are yeah yeah like that's that's how uh, like their situation is it's like yeah. Yeah. And you have the um I can't remember his name. I think it was uh Wilson something. I don't remember. But he's trying to get uh he's trying to contact someone, you know. Oh Windows. And, Windows. Yeah, Windows. Windows. Yeah. And he's trying to contact someone and there's no response. Like you know, so like not only are you stuck in this situation, but you haven't been able to speak to anybody else outside of it for yeah. weeks. Right. Yeah. So like all of this, all of this stuff adds to that element of, you know, feeling isolated, feeling, you yeah. know, in, in a bubble and you're just, you're, you're ready to snap. So like, I totally, I totally get it. Like, and, and I do think they set it up very well uh, to get to that reveal with, with the dog, which I do think was, was pretty excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but I can say I am so very, very glad I did not see this as a kid. <laughs> I, I look when it comes to when it comes to horror movies. I I love horror movies. I am a really big slasher fan, right? I'm a really big psychological thriller fan. I, I could do all other types of horror, but body horror to this extent. No, <laughs> like, like it just it it unsettles me so bad. Like, and which is crazy because one of my favorite horror movies of all time is The Fly. But like, oh, that's like the yeah. bo ultimate body horror movie. It's yeah. the ultimate body horror movie. But like, I don't know. Like, I just can't. I can't do a lot of body horror. It's just so gross to me. Yeah, like so gross. And like this one takes it to the extreme. Because I mean, like, I think about uh. You just said his name too. The guy who had the heart attack. Uh, oh, was, uh, Norris. Norris, yeah, Norris, yeah. who had the heart attack. Like when when his head comes off and then grows like spider legs and stuff. I'm yeah. just like, oh, <laughs> like like it's just so so many that's, things. That's that disgusting. Like, 
It really yes, is. And I, that, that's where we get that perfect line, of course, where Palmer's like, you gotta be fucking Because <laughs> yeah. that's what like, you were thinking as the audience member the first time you see it. You're like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, this it's is, so this imaginative, movie. right? Isn't it so oh, imaginative absolutely. how... It's not just... It's disgusting. It's deeply imaginative. And right. Shout out to Rob Bottin who did the most uh, of the special uh, effects like, yeah the 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 team who did the special effects uh, the practically effects, practically effects. they're make it's makeup makeup team bro like what in the world hats off like some of the best i was shocked i didn't see rick baker's name on here so even better like you guys are yeah and sensational but like gross <laughs> like so so gross guys yeah uh but very like you said very imaginative very creative um yeah and like to me i think i think norris's transformation is the worst i do think his is the worst holy shit man the first time i saw uh, that as a kid there's two scenes in this movie that blew three three scenes the dog scene obviously especially yeah. once they the whole group comes back and they shine the flashlight and it's in the corner and it's just this giant almost plant like uh monstrosity that that is almost seems like something out of resident evil obviously like 10 years before resident evil existed <laughs> so it's like really fucking disgusting that one then as a kid i mean you cannot imagine how blown my mind was when they're doing chest compressions on this guy his oh. entire chest oh. cavity breaks open and is hollow and it just munches and, and it's a, and his great. entire chest is a giant monster mouth yeah and chews through the guy's arms oh and they obviously cut away from him lifting his arms up and you see the stumps yeah but oh man i was that that and the third one that got me is the blood scene when they're doing the blood test because it goes on yeah. so long yeah and the first time i saw i didn't know what the hell was gonna happen i remember that freaked me out that he's like, I thought you'd say that, Childs. That's why we'll do you last or something like that. And he <laughs> yeah, puts it yeah. in. The thing jumps out of the fucking container. Oh, my God. Yeah. Even the blood is a monster. Oh, my Every, God. The, the, the oh. thing that gets me, man, in that scene is when uh, that one guy, I forget his name, but he takes the knife and stabs directly like in, into his nail and then cuts into for the like thumb. three inches. Yes. I'm like, oh, my God. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. Just brutal. Yeah. Like that—that's another scene where I'm like, oh. <laughs> honestly, like, though, the, the the like you're saying, like I think it's Clark, the the guy who was obsessed with the dog, the yeah. Richard Mauser, the the cutting of the thumb, the sound effect was like, shh, is yeah. like so real looking mm -hmm. that I'm just like, are they just cutting their fucking thumbs on the screen? Right. It looks real, and they're squeezing the blood off into the thing, and then and then I'm like, oh my god, this is a bloodborne potentially contagion right well you're well you're sharing that knife and yeah. i know that they're they're using the knife and they're heating it up and they're but like the first guy just like wipes the knife off on his jeans and i'm like but if he's yeah. a thing it's like the right. whole, and i've seen this movie a million times but the, every time i'm like what the fuck no don't do that you know it, i want to stop the scene from happening because i know the blood's gonna react i know the blood's gonna be be like like trying like running away with the blood scatters on the floor and like all the blood droplets are going in opposite directions because they're all sentient right. and then palmer palmer starts transforming i'm like oh my god oh, mm -hmm. and they're god. tied to the fucking they're tied <laughs> they're to the monster 
There's, no. And they all, they, it's crazy. Like, they all die with the exception of like three of them. Two yeah. of them. Two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and that's, and like, I, you can completely blame McCready for that. Like, that is 100% his fault. I, I, I honestly, though, I think like two thirds of the way through, like, like one of them, because the, the thing destroys the chopper. Because it's you went to build its little ship. So it destroys the chopper. It destroys the radio. It destroys any way for them to communicate and warn the outside world. Right. It destroys any way for them to leave. And um, eventually the camp gets blown up. The building gets blown up. The generators are dying. They're going to run out of gas. And so it's like at a certain point, and it's not even towards, it's like the last fourth of the movie, basically. Uh, McCready's like, it's pretty clear we're not going to make it out of here alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at this point, the rest of the movie, it's like, it's not a matter about us living. It's a matter of us killing or stopping this thing because if it reaches yeah. civilization, it's game over. Yeah. And there's, like, something you know crazy. Ab- there's something about how coldly they all just, they're all resigned to the fact of like, we're, it's over. Because in the rest of the movies, you get kind of some, we, we got to stop it from reaching the mainland. Like be some big speech. There's no big speech. It's just like, we're fucked. <laughs> we're going to die. We got to stop it. Mm-hmm. That's it. So understated. I love it. You know, it, you know, there's a lot of similarities, I guess, to The Shining here um, of like the thing compared to Jack Torrance. I mean, because Jack Torrance does the same thing. He he destroys any chance of them leaving. Yeah. He he knocks out their communication and it's it's not jack torrance doing it it's the entity of the hotel getting to him yeah and just that's how that's how that's how what i love to see it's just like i love the comparisons between the two and well, we we need a scatman carruthers down in florida uh, uh look at watch some porno get a thing in his head that says i gotta get up to antarctica and then you think he's gonna save the day and then just ends up getting <laughs> an axe yeah. in the chest <laughs> I could say the only way you could improve this movie is if you replace TK Carter with Scatman Carruthers. I think everything's better. No, you can't replace TK Carter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, sorry, <laughs> TK. <laughs> who could we who could we replace with Scatman Carruthers? Uh, uh, Keith David? No, you can't touch Keith David. He's a saint. Um, maybe you could maybe get rid of uh, Donald Moffat as Gary, the the army guy yeah. with the gun. You could make yeah. that Scatman. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, apologies uh, for anyone listening. We did not give a spoiler warning, so um, so um, yeah, so much of it is so impeccably done, and it's such a weird concept for a movie. And like mm-hmm. you said, it is a remake. Um, but to me, it feels like. This is sort of like the blueprint, you could argue, for like even the zombie movies that we have today, because it's basically an outbreak, right? That happens, yep. that occurs, yep. that transforms everyone. So like it feels very much like you know, like this this feels like the prequel to every single zombie movie I think I've ever seen. Uh feels very similar to like The Last of Us or something like that, like in that name. Yep. Very much, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, like, but it's it's a brilliant concept. It's very, very well executed. Incredibly well executed. 
is just so so goddamn gross. <laughs> like I just can't get past how disgusting this movie is. Uh, like what's interesting, like this month, like we 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 talked about The Shining, we talked about Psycho, we talked about The Exorcist, and like all of those movies are different in their in the way in which they you know deliver their horror and what you know chills you or whatever. Like to me, the of those of the ones that we discussed, I think Psycho is probably the one that scared me the most. But like. This one is right up there because, like, like I, like I said, I don't do body horror, and like part of the reason why I, I was a little late today is because I was scared to go to sleep, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like, legit. Because I'm like, I know I'm going to have nightmares, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> know that about myself. Yeah, like, and it didn't happen last night, but it's gonna happen. Like in yeah. the next two, three days. I'm going to get a weird ass dream where my feet become faces and, and teeth. And, and it's going to uh, run out and wake up screaming like, holy shit. Like, because this is like body horror is just one of the grossest things you can do. It's one of the most creative and, you know, visionary things you can do. And yeah. I think that's part of the reason why people keep coming back to it is because yeah. you can. You can always do new and inventive things with it, yeah. Uh, and and I and I think we've we've seen that. Like, obviously, this is the first body horror movie ever made, but like to me, it's definitely one of the the highest standards. Oh yeah, and and it's just amazing the creativity that that you can come up with in the in a in that type of scenario. So very original, and especially for its time, I totally get why it flopped and wasn't well received, but. In the summer of E.T., like in one yeah. theater, E.T. is playing, and the next theater of this cold, <laughs> sterile, like yeah. the score of this movie consists of basically just mm. bum, bum, In the Yomene Pony. Yeah. Bum, right. Bum, you know, and it's in like, uh, uh, bum, <laughs> bum. that's all, that's all the score is, and it's perfect. So it you have this perfect. droning depressed depressing nihilistic hopeless <laughs> gross slow moving who done it monster movie and then you you have you know just the triumphant uh, uh, amblin glow i'll be right here <laughs> yeah it's like which would you pick in night swap the directors steven oh, spielberg's the thing and john carpenter's et john carpenter's et would be well, he did Starman. He did Starman. <laughs> so I think Carpenter in this era would surprise you. Here's what I'd say. I think Carpenter could have made a type of E.T. I don't think Spielberg ever could have made the thing. Not like this. Like He could have like produced this. the thing, but he right. couldn't have directed the thing. Not like this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't. It, it would have been a totally different movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do think John Carpenter's E.T. would also be a totally different movie. <laughs> so. Yeah, but if you guys haven't seen Starman, it's not that dissimilar in a lot of ways from E.T. He Carpenter, when he was in his bag, he had more tricks up his sleeve than I think he gets credit for. And then eventually he just he shit the bed. But we're not we're you're we're in this prime era right here. So Right. Yeah. All right. So we've reached that moment. Official ratings. What are you giving the thing, Brandon? Easy five stars. Um, I, I got to look at where it's at in my top five horror. I think it's number three, but just this movie is just so good. Um, 
I think it's The Shining, then Get Out, then The Thing. Um, just, I think top three horror. I just, it's so good. I love the empty feeling you get at the end of the film mm. because I just, you, you know, their fate. You, you just don't know who's what or what's happening, like, or what's what. So, yeah, no, I just, I absolutely love this film from beginning to end. Nice. All right. Jason, what about I, you? Where are you at? I have to pay Brandon a compliment quickly because there's been so much in the intervening years from, 82 to now so much discourse about the thing and i don't know if i've ever heard anybody refer to it as empty it leaves you with an empty feeling and that is uh, a great way to sum up this movie uh, people always talk about the isolation paranoia but the emptiness of it yeah that's really great um can we do halves can we do halvesies yeah yeah of course to me it'd be four and a half stars the only thing that keeps it back from being a five star film is two things. The very beginning, Carpenter did not want the UFO to see the UFO at the beginning after the title credits or mm-hmm. during the title credits. Uh, cause, so he wanted it to be more of a surprise when they get out into the ice and you see that giant matte painting of the UFO in the ice, which is very, very well done. And I agree with him. That was done, I think, in reshoots or whatever without his permission. I don't think we need to see the UFO crash. I, I think it's better if we're like, what the hell is this movie? And then we just find a UFO and like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, and then the ending, you know, uh, speaking of the practical effects, Rob Bottin, uh had a literal nervous breakdown working this movie because he was working like 20, 23, 24 hour days for days at a time to be able to pull off these effects. And he was so worried that he, they were not going to be good, which is just ludicrous now. Right. <laughs> but he's so worried they were not going to be good that he had a, a break. He had like a psychotic break had to leave the movie and there were people who had to step in and most of the third act once um uh wilford brimley uh uh blair once the blair monster at the end and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff that got, kind of goes stop motion it, it feels different it looks different it doesn't feel like the effects we've seen in the other parts of the movie that's because it was done by other people who were stepping in to get the movie finished and they were running out of time and money and everything so the movie was the ending is not what they fully wanted to execute it's not their fault, but uh, for me, those two things fall short a little bit. It keeps it back from a perfect movie, but I would have to say it's a, still one of the top five best horror movies ever made, so 4.5 out of 5 stars. I agree with both of you guys' points, uh, but I think my rating comes down to just personal choice. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I I totally see how this became a cult favorite. I totally understand it. Um, it it's it's really masterful. John Carpenter's like yeah mastery is on full display here. But it is also a movie that I wouldn't watch again unless I was watching it with someone who el- who also hadn't seen it, and just to see their reaction because yeah that would be great. Um, so for me, it's a solid four stars. Um, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Uh, we'll never watch it again at one o'clock in the morning for sure. <laughs> uh, think I'd love to, to have your experience, Jason, where it's like a Thursday afternoon. Like, <laughs> sure. When there's light out, that sounds great. Okay. You want a real <laughs> trip? Wait till you get one of those lake effect snows that comes off of Lake Erie oh, no. and you are jam packed <laughs> in with snow. And oh. You haven't left the house in like three right. days because you can't get anywhere. Fire <laughs> this, fire this movie up when it's dark at 4 30 in the afternoon 
Nice. It's dark outside. You haven't seen the sunlight in days. You haven't seen a human <laughs> being except for whoever's in your house with you for days. You can't go anywhere. The city of Cleveland, they won't even, because, you know, it's overtime and a half. So they won't freaking clear their streets. You're, right. you're, you're fucking trapped. Put this movie on. Put this movie on. Some hot cocoa. This, this movie is born for Cleveland winners because oh, you will feel how cold, you will feel the cold of this movie. And it's a whole different experience. Yeah. I'm okay on that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like I said, fantastic movie. Totally get it. It's reputation. So happy to have finally knocked this off of my watch list, but it is a four star for me because it is gross. <laughs> yeah. And that's four for me, four and a half from Jason and a full five stars from Brandon. What did you guys think of the thing? Please let us know. Uh, but uh, okay, let's shake that <laughs> off and let's talk about some, 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 some. Let's talk about what's good. What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? Brandon, <laughs> what have you seen? What would you recommend? What has been good for you, sir? Yes, um, I mean, I have been watching just so I've just gone through and watched so many movies here lately because uh, I've been doing this thing where I try to watch 31 horror films that I haven't seen before this month. And I'm other, with the exception of today, I'm fully caught up finally. Um, and it's just for me, I'm not really keeping it to horror. I'm, I'm more doing horror Halloween or spooky. Um, so I finally got the chance to watch uh, Edward Scissorhands. That mm. movie was Tim Burton. Man, I love that guy. This movie, that movie was so good. Uh, Johnny Depp was fantastic. Um, of course, I, I you can't go without um, mentioning uh, Danny Elfman on the score. Mm-hmm. Just it's so good. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I I adore that movie. Jason, what about you? What do you got? What do you recommend? Oh, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you a classic film I'm going to be talking about next year on Binge Movies. Uh, it is Akira Kurosawa's three-hour epic classic film from 1954, Seven Samurai, which is the source code. It's the provenience for every Man on a Mission war movie, team-up oh. movie, suicide mission movie you have ever seen in your life. Uh, every action hero that doesn't come from this comes from Yojimbo, but this is the source code for pretty much any movie you've ever liked. So seven samurai, uh, as far as spooky season goes, I also have a separate limited series I'm doing with two other, uh, film critics, uh, Megan Kearns, who's part of the, uh, spoiler piece theater. And she's a member of the Boston film critics association. And then, uh, Paul from the countdown, which is uh, one of the most successful movie review podcasts in all of Australia. They've been around for about 10 years. Uh, He's a horror fan. We are going through the golden age of slashers together mm. in a show called The Slashers. We're going year by year. It is not exhaustive, but it is comprehensive. We're, we're, it's like we're going calendar day, you know, month by month for each year from 1980 to 1984. Um, and that's going to be wrapping up right about the time this episode comes out. So you'll be able to binge, no pun intended, the entire show. There's no cheap plug. But... Because of that, I've got a lot of slashers on the brain. And I would say if you want an underrated slasher uh, from the golden age of slashers, you should check out either The Burning or The Prowler. Either one of those are great slashers. 
All right. All right. So slightly different. Uh, you know, uh, been trying to in- infuse my, my spooky month with some fun stuff. So I uh, it, totally, it totally turns out that I never actually saw this movie from the beginning. So I was really excited to watch it again. Uh, and I caught the first uh, Jumanji, not the uh, Robin Williams one, the remake with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, so um, I really love this movie. Like, it's really it's pretty good. Really, yeah. Like, it's really good for, like, taking that original concept and, and infusing it, you know, making it more modern. I just thought that was really cool. And I finally getting to see it from the beginning, I totally, like, understood the, the the characters and their motivation and how it all came to be it, it was a blast it was a blast of a movie i had a fun time with it really really funny really really funny uh really excited to see if they continue this franchise because i think they should i think it's been i think it's been excellent so uh that's for me jumanji i think it's welcome to the jungle i think that's what they call it um but yeah i had a blast with that so jumanji for me uh Seven Samurai and what was it? The the either the burning or the prowler or both. Burning or the prowler. Yeah. And Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> so there's your recommendations for the week. And that has been what is good for us here at Film Code. So now it is officially that time. Brandon. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. And the jumper. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. There's no crying in baseball. To infinity and beyond. You had the code word this week. Super excited. Remind everybody what your code word was and all of your clues, sir. Yes, the code word was elevator. Uh, your years were 2015 to 2020. The director um, of this film has the same lead actors and the same lead actor in every single one of his films. And the lead actor of this film is in many famous 2000 to 2010 comedies. Alrighty, Jason, you are our guest, which means you have the pleasure. The the undistinguished gall of going first. So, what is your pick for the code? <laughs> I'm supposed to guess what the answer is, right? Yep. And I if you can put the clues together, that would help too. I got no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely, I write my brain uh, for this since you sent me the code. And I'm like, okay, so. 2000s to 2010s lead actor in a lot of comedies that's where i start right Mm -hmm. and i'm like well that's got to be like will ferrell or um uh uh uh, vince vaughn or something like that right ben stiller and I, 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 I just cannot. And I'm like, what the fuck does it have to do with the elevator? I cannot get, I cannot piece this together. I cannot put this together. So I don't, uh, give it to me one more time. Give it to me one more time. <laughs> okay. This was too good. This is too, this is, this is hard. Code word is elevator. Yeah. 2015 to 2020. The director Damn. has the same lead actor in every one of his films. 
That's what throws and, me off. That <clears throat> one right there. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Listen, all you, I, I usually take the IMDb or Letterbox to look this up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I always start with the year, and then we go from there. So, yeah. It. I see. I'm trying to do this for my mind and not for my smartphone. But Phoenix is sitting over there with a fucking phone. Trust cheating. me, you like uh, no. There's no cheating here. You always you're, you're supposed to research it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be like okay. Well, you just figure it out. You're like you're supposed to know movies. No. 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 There's way too many movies for that. <laughs> Buddy, I host a show called Binge Movies. All I do is watch movies. <laughs> I'd be surprised if either of you have seen this. Oh, wow. All right. See, that's, that's where it doesn't. You want us to come back to you? Please come back to me. Phoenix? <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> that's because he doesn't know either. <laughs> oh, man. That's because um, he's struggling, too. He's like, I don't know. What I was rooting is. for you, but. <laughs> uh. Okay, uh, so I am sort of in the exact same position <laughs> as, <laughs> as Jason here. Uh, yeah, so I went I went the route of looking through the 2000s and like, mm-hmm. you know, comedies. Like, okay, so who's been in a lot of comedies? And then I was like, okay, now who's been in a movie from 2015 to 2020? And I'm like... Nobody. I don't, like, like I, I have no clue. It's rough. Uh, yeah, so I did have a guess, though. So I I have a guess. It's a very, very bad guess. <laughs> but I'm going with 2015's Inside Out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Pete Doctor, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I that's the best one I got. The, the elevator, I think, threw me off. I think yes. there's an elevator to her brain in, in Inside Out. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah. <laughs> Jason? <laughs> Give it to me one more time. <laughs> Come on, Your one more code time. word is yes. elevator. Yeah. From it came out between 2015 and 2020. The director has the same lead actor in every one of his films. In and every lead actor, one of his films, yes, he's never had a different lead actor. No, wow, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does. Trust me, <laughs> trust me. When I give you the answer, you're gonna be like, oh my god. <laughs> um, hang on a second. This director must have like two movies. Like that. that's the only option. <laughs> I, so I, I I thought the director might have been um, Peter Berg, Pete Berg, um, but he he has had because he did a bunch of stuff with Mark Wahlberg and Mark Wahlberg did a bunch of stuff in comedies during that time and he's most usually the leading man. I thought then I thought well maybe it's Skyscraper starring The Rock but that's not right because. Pete Berg didn't direct that movie. So I have no clue. I'm going to say Skyscraper because I have no clue. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I unfortunately have to say you guys are both wrong. Yeah. Of course. Your director 
is uh, 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 Michael Tids. Who? <laughs> T- Michael T I D D E S. Who the fuck is Michael Tids? Your lead actor. You made that up. <laughs> That's an AI director. That's not your your lead actor is Marlon Wayans. Oh what the God. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> He was in so many comedies in the early 2000s, 2010s. Scary movie, Marlon, White Chicks. Has Marlon Wayans made a movie past 2010? Yes. Probably not. <laughs> like, Other than oh, like wait. Meet the Blacks or whatever. What was that yeah. movie called? Meet the Blacks? Your oh. film is naked. What oh, in God. the world are you talking about? <laughs> it oh, came God. out in 2017. Not, not even 50 Shades of Black. Or whatever it was called, it's. I actually saw naked. this. That's, that's crazy. It, the the synopsis is where you get your code word. Um, elevator. Oh, he yeah. he wakes up in an elevator. It, <laughs> it, it's a it's a Groundhog Day type film where he keeps waking up in an elevator naked. Let me uh, hold on. Let me. All right, following this is a, a wild fake night, movie, man. It's a, it's I'm real. I've this. seen it. This doesn't even look real. Following a wild. Following Man, this a is a wild... Netflix movie. Those aren't it, real it, movies, Brandon. You can't be picking <laughs> Netflix movies. Those are AI-generated films. <laughs> no wonder. I'm thinking here. I'm thinking this. I'm thinking this is something that people could see. People can't see this. Phoenix has seen it. I've seen it. This is so deep on some algorithm somewhere. Come on now. Following a wild <laughs> night out with his best man, <laughs> Rob on. Anderson wakes up to find himself naked in an elevator on the morning of his wedding day and is forced to relive the morning over and over again. Is this because I like AEW? Is this, did you set this up as a stooge for the WWE to throw under the bus? Dude, listen, l- listen. I watch both. I like both. Yeah. Paul Levesque sent a message down the line and was like, tell your cousin. Fuck that guy for bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the film code screw job right here. Come on. Hey, hey Brandon, you didn't screw us. We screwed ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brandon's be like, I didn't screw Jason. Jason screwed Jason. Jason. <laughs> Bring it about. Ding 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 ding. I'm just left in the ring. I'm gonna this isn't a Montreal world. screw job. I'm, I'm I'm writing in the air B I N G E, spitting on Brandon, throwing monitors. Everybody's gonna think it's a work for forty more years. It's not. This is real. This guy screwed me right here. I'm so mad because I've actually seen this movie though. That's the funny part, and it was actually pretty good. I'm like, I don't, I disagree with its two point two uh, letterbox rating. I I I honestly quite enjoyed it. Like, yeah. it's this it's this guy who's trying to get who like who has to keep reliving the same day until he gets his wedding perfect. Yeah, and and it, and Marlon Wayans is pretty good in it, and the idea of him waking up naked in the elevator is hysterical. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed this movie. This was this was really fun. Jason, uh, please hate watch this. The thing I don't have Netflix. The thing that I love. About Phoenix, and he's like, I've never seen Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. But he's like, oh, naked. Yep, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> naked. That's how like we feel with him. With... 2017 Netflix movie. That's yeah. how we feel with him with Titan. Yeah, but Titan is excellent. 
<laughs> I like Tatan. It's very strange, but it's it's very good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like so, body horror, how do you like that? Oh my god! I know, her right? stomach is chrome and her skin's ripping off. And oh, yeah. Spoilers for Tatan. Ugh. You'd yeah. be surprised at things, Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> like to watch. Yeah, it's all right. over the place. There, you you'll have a film completely out of the blue. He's like, oh man, I love that film. Like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> The only thing that's for sure about Phoenix is nothing's ever for sure. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We got to get out of here. This yep. has been a blast. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Let everybody know where they can find you, sir. Uh, as long as X, a.k.a. Twitter exists, you can find me at, at Binge Movies. That's the show, uh, Twitter daily. Uh, we're on Letterboxd, at Binge Movies. Instagram, at Binge Movies Lives. YouTube is Binge Movies. Uh, you can find the podcast anywhere you can find good podcasts. And uh, check out the Slashers podcast if you're a horror fan. Uh, and and you, if you're a horror fan who is uh, wants to go a little bit deeper than the kills and get into some of the some of the thought process and cultural background and so forth of Slasher movies, plus all the great kills, all the blood and guts and gore, we've got it all for you over there at the Slashers. You can find that everywhere where you find good podcasts. Follow us uh on Letterboxd over there at the Slashers podcast, I think, and Instagram. I don't handle social media for that show. So um, find the show, find our social media. Uh, we'd love to have you. We have a great community of weirdos who support binge movies, and we'd love for you to join us. So come on, be a weirdo with us. Awesome. And Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. Yes, you guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C ears over on Letterboxd and Twitter slash X. Go check out what I'm watching. Um, I'm excited to finally wrap because I've been ranking my uh, my my horrors, my hor- like 31 days of horror too. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to finally wrap it up uh, with day 31 in 10 days. Uh, I'm excited to see what else I watch because I I'm I haven't really planned anything out. I'm just like oh cool I'll watch this. So go check out what I'm watching and thank you guys again for listening. All right, and you guys can find me on Twitter at I'm HO Reviews One. That's the number one, and on Letterbox under P A Clouden. And as always, guys, please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at FilmCoPod. And we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs>